Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and we are now in today's edition of Bible Bites. I welcome you. I thank you for being able to tune in, and I hope this message will be a blessing to you as we are continuing to read through the Bible this year. My reading for today is found in Nehemiah chapter 10 and 11, and so I just wanted to point out a couple of very brief points from this, um, but I believe there'll be a couple of points that will bless you. First of all, in chapter 10, he's listing the leaders who have signed that covenant. Now, if you'll recall, yesterday we left off the covenant that they're signing is from chapter 9, the very last verse. And it says, And because of all this, we make a sure covenant and write it. Our leaders, our Levites, and our priests seal it. So now in chapter 10, remember, our Bibles have divisions in them, but in the Old Testament scriptures, in the Hebrew scriptures, there weren't these divisions like we have with chapters and verses. And so it would keep going. And so what chapter 10 is doing is, is listing and accounting for all of those people who have been signers to this covenant. Similar to in our United States, we have signers to our Declaration of Independence, signers uh, in our early days to our Constitution and so forth. So that's what's happening here. This is a, a legitimate um, national document, and so they're listing out who the signers were, similar to what we've done. And I wanted to just read a couple of quick passages from these two chapters to you today. Um, in verse 28, I won't read all of the chapter, I mean all of the verse there, excuse me, but I did want to point out one particular phrase from here. These listings about the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, uh, and these others, and it says, and all those who had separated themselves from the people of the lands to the law of God. Beloved, I just wanted to point out, you know, when we get saved um, and we give our lives to Jesus, we receive him as our Lord and our Savior, there should be a separation. There should be a separation from the world, not necessarily from people of the world, because God loves them and wants us to reach them. There may be some people we need to separate from. If they would be pulling us back into ways of sin, there may need to be a separation from individual people like that. But he's not talking about that. He's talking in those scriptures. He tells us, for instance, Jesus said himself, be in the world, not of the world. So that's what we're talking about here. There's a separation from the ways of the world, from picking up the lifestyle, the habits, um, the, the service and the way of life from the world. That's what we need to be separated from. And so God separates us from those things and then he also separates us from them to bring us somewhere else. And that other place is to him, to his ways. He wants us because now when we get saved, there's a new nature that begins to work within us. He gives us a brand new heart. He gives us new desires. He saves us. He empowers us with his spirit. He comes in and makes us a brand new crea creation, according to Paul. And old things are passed away. All things have now become new. And so we become a brand new person. And we need to be learning of the nature of God and picking up his ways and his lifestyle. And so you see that, um, you see that commitment here from these people. And also for the rest of that chapter, it just details more and more about how that is to play out in our lives, in their lives, how that was going to play out, how they would 
recommit themselves. It was a reestablishment of the ways of God, a reestablishment of the service of God, a, re a reestablishment of their commitment. And so this is the seriousness. It talks about the seriousness of their commitment and how it covered all kinds of details, details about tithes, about first fruits, uh, about the Levites and priests and their service. So that's what is going on here. And they're, they're committing themselves to be separate, to be separate from the world and unto the Lord, unto God and unto his ways. And that's the way we should be as well. And then he ends up on that in that chapter, chapter 10 of Nehemiah, and he talks about, and we will not neglect the house of our God. You know, it's important for us to support our local uh, ministries, our local homes of worship, that place where we're getting fed, that place where we're connected to people and we're in a family environment. Let's not neglect that. Um, let's not neglect it with our tithes and our offerings, especially in a time like this, in this pandemic where we're all kind of stuck at home um, and everything's not yet opened up and, and there's a lot of changes in our, in our lifestyle and in our styles of worship and our ways of worship. Let's still remember the house of the Lord our God that, that is feeding us, that place that is um, that community for us to be a part of. And um, so then in chapter 11, there's a whole long listing of various people, the, the places that they dwelt and all of that. The main thing that I wanted to pull out of here is just at one main point, and that is this. You'll notice in verse 17 and beyond that um, Asaph and Jeduthun's descendants, their great-grandchildren, in Asaph's case, even maybe great-great-grandchildren, are still serving God and passing on the faith. If you'll remember, when David brought the Ark of the Covenant back, put it in the tabernacle of David, he established the service for the work of the, of the house of the Lord. And at that time, it was David's tent, the tabernacle of David. And we're teaching, I'm learning uh, more about that and teaching more about that on Sunday nights by God's will and, and grace. But in that service and in those appointments that David established, which continued into the temple that Solomon built, Asaph and Jejuthun were, were two of the leaders of the service of that temple, in, particularly in the sense of the worship, the praise, the thanksgiving, and so forth. And I want you to just notice here that they're now, after the Babylonian captivity, when all of this is being reestablished, their great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren are still serving God, still faithful to God. Asaph and Jejuthun had passed on the faith. They had trained up their children and their grandchildren, and it continued for generation after generation after generation, long after perhaps Asaph and Jejuthun were even passed on and dead. Still, the faith has been passed on to their children. They are still serving God. God wants that today. May we be that way with our families as well, because it's the design of God that the faith of the living God, that the Christian life and lifestyle, that our beliefs and that, that the knowledge of the gospel will pass from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. And I pray that we will have such families. And I just encourage you today that, that you invest in your children, invest in your grandchildren, because you're investing eternal treasures when you pour into them the
the scriptures, when you pour into them prayer, when you talk with them. You know, in the Old Testament, when they first, um, when God first gave them the, the Torah and he talked to, talked to them about teaching their children these things from God's word. And he said, you know, when you sit down, when you lie down, when you get up, you know, when you're going on the way. I mean, I can, I can remember several times when I loved it when I was taking uh, my grandchild somewhere or whatever. And we were, it was just me and him in the car. And, and that was a wonderful opportunity. And sometimes we'd pass something that would give us an opportunity. Or sometimes he would ask me a question and give me an opportunity to pour into his life. Pour into every moment that you can with your family and, and try your best. And we're not always responsible for their choices, especially when they get grown. But, but what we can do is use every opportunity to pour into them and to invest in them of the kingdom of God, of the truth of God's word, and of the things that matter eternally. So I pray that that, that will be a blessing to you and that you will be encouraged to vet, to invest in your family. In Jesus' name, I pray this is a blessing to you. And I hope you can join us again for future episodes of Bible Bites. God bless you today.